being a spiritual survivor in this land of illusion today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean. SpiritualAwakeningRadio.com is my website. Long ago, I stayed up all night reading this book, a sacred text, called the Anurag Sagar, all about the teachings of Guru Kabir and... It was kind of a Q&A session between Kabir and his disciple, Sant Dharam Das. I came away with insight about spiritual paths as a result of studying that very amazing book. Insight about all the spiritual paths playing out upon the world stage. You have physical plane paths doing rites and rituals to manipulate people and circumstances, to bow, to bend to their will. Countless astral religions, things that go bump in the night, abductee encounters, ghosts, and there are emotional religions, banging tambourines, stimulating emotional centers. There are mental plane religions, worshipers of books, there are worshippers of institutions. So many things are going on in the world of spiritual paths and religions. Avatars coming from each of these realms to the earth to gather souls that seem to have attachments to one plane or another, to the emotional religion, to the temperament of the intellectual religion, to astral goings-on, Whatever it might be, everyone has certain attachments and are drawn to one plane or another. There is a religion for every chakra. There's a religion for every subtle body. There is a religion for every realm, every state of consciousness, every inner region, astral, causal, mental, and so on. So many gifts, and yet what about the giver? All of these institutions and all of these gifts and abilities that people are focused on. But what about you, the soul, and God? The spiritual seeker can be genuine, even if the master is not. If the seeker is sincere and takes the highest path available to them, takes the highest road, when it presents itself during their spiritual search. I think they'll end up at a good place. Amidst all of these sacred texts and voices that are out there are the voices of a few saints and mystics. And some are drawn to the wisdom of the saints and mystics and find that the subject with them is you, the soul, and God, those neglected subjects. If we sit at the feet of the saints and mystics, if we pay attention to their wisdom, we will find sustenance for our soul. We will be spiritually fed in a way that we won't be just learning about doctrines or developing powers and abilities, gaining insights about goings-on on the astral plane or whatever it might be the politics of a religious institution, and so on. If we sit at the, at the feet of the saints and mystics, 
we will gain insight and knowledge. So we must be a persistent spiritual seeker. It's not enough to have some kind of spiritual awakening experience. Go to a bookstore. Go to the religion spirituality section of that bookstore and just grab something that stands out to us. All of those books were chosen by the person managing the bookstore. And typically their choices are based on current best-selling books. And those best-selling books are authored by the usual, standard, typical Politburo of familiar faces that have dominated the spiritual scene for decades. I tend to be a Deep Cuts album-oriented person, not so much a Top 40 radio-type person. And the same with spiritual books. It's a terrifying thought for me to imagine just going to a bookstore and letting someone else who's ordering books make the choice for me as to what I'm going to be reading, what path I'm going to be following in life. Terrifying. And after all, there are spiders that build their nests near the light. So one must be careful. The buyer must beware. You must make great effort to delve into spirituality and keep on seeking until we find something. Hopefully sit at the feet of the saints and mystics. And whether we are acquainted with the term satsang or not, that's what we end up discovering. The first level of satsang, if we are drawn to scriptures or writings of saints and mystics that have that special kind of God wisdom, then we are reaching the first level of satsang and are beginning to make spiritual progress during this life. The mediocre teacher tells, the good teacher explains, the superior teacher demonstrates, the great teacher inspires, says William Arthur Ward. And the Sansat Guru, as a spiritual teacher, is the embodiment of spirituality. Someone who themselves experiences God in the heavens. And so when they teach their students, they're not at just the level of abstract theory, theology, and doctrine, but are experiencers of that which they speak about, and therefore are more competent, more qualified as teachers to guide their students into self and God realization. The goal of this podcast is always about arriving at a clearer understanding about what is Sant-Mat, the path of the masters, as it is intended to be traditionally, free of degradation, free of Western New Age bias, or cultural filtering, free of the usual drift into Maya or Samsara. Mysticism is such a fragile thing here in the land of illusion. Even after one or two generations, the path of Christ became something else. The path of Rumi, the great Sufi mystic, founder of the Mevlevis, the Mevlevi Sufi order, became something different. 
the path of Guru Nanak and the Sikh Gurus became obscured, became clouded by later traditions of men. As Swamiji Maharaj has said in his Sarbachan Radhaswami poetry, the god of time, Kal Naranjan, the lord of illusion, has put a cover over the teachings of saints and thus concealed them from humanity. It's always been this way in the history of religions and spiritual paths on planet Earth. The mystic tree of life has to keep developing new branches as old ones fall to the ground and disintegrate. New branches carry on. There is no permanent stoa of Pythagoras with us millennia after millennia. No golden temple. No samad of a great saint that century after century becomes the gathering place for satsang. There is no geography of the spirit. There's always a crisis and renewal, a death of the old and the beginning of the new spiritual mission in a new location for a while until that too disintegrates. But the light by then has passed on to a new location. It's always been this way. There is no permanent geographical location a temple of mysticism, a permanent temple of mysticism in one location on planet Earth, but various satsangs that move around, the locations keep changing, everything keeps shifting from one generation to the next. As the light goes out somewhere and a new light appears someplace else. Kabir once said, Love is like a deep ocean. Only that lover of God who will dive into it fearlessly shall be able to get the pearl of ultimate happiness. And one who will not be able to muster up enough courage to dive in shall remain sitting at the beach. He will remain without love in this world or the next, how will he get the pearl of ultimate happiness then? Kabir from the ethical teachings of Kabir, Kabir 1008 Vani. The following is excerpted from the Satsang discourse of Baba Ram Singh, titled Seeing the Jiva Souls entangled and suffering in this world of Kal, God Almighty sends the saints to awaken the Jiva souls and bring them home. Shared during the afternoon of January 20th, 2023. Great reading something recent. Not 1823, but 2023. Baba Ram Singh 
So all these people at pilgrimages, one can see all these things. All such people are there in the pilgrimages. So more than devotion and other things, all these things go on in the pilgrimages. So Kal, the lord of time and delusion, deludes all the souls and all the jivas like this so that they are entangled and remain in this world and they don't leave. He doesn't want any of the souls to leave his compound, his world. And therefore, for each jiva soul, he fights like this and shows that they are entangled. That way, when the souls or the jivas are doing the devotion of these practices that they've learned, they are all practices created by Kal. So, if they are doing these, then they are going to remain with Kal only. And therefore, Kal doesn't allow anyone to do devotion of Santmat and leave his compound. And people also find it difficult to accept this faith, and they also feel that this practice of Santmat doesn't talk about doing any deity worship, which they are used to, or it doesn't talk about doing these other practices. So they are also skeptical about the teachings of Santmat and the practices to be followed. And therefore, these souls get misled by the teachings of Kal, and they get deluded and entangled in this world. So seeing that Kal is deluding all these jiva souls and entangling them in this world, and seeing the jivas suffer in this world of Kal, God Almighty sends the saints into the world to enlighten and awaken the jivas and bring them home. So the saints come into the world and they give a very simple practice to be followed. They say three things that are important for someone to get salvation. That is satsang, the company of saints, seva, or selfless service, and doing bhajan, simran. I'll pause here and define some of these terms and make a couple of comments. So thus far, uh, uh, Baba Ram Singh has talked about how souls get used to religious institutions and uh, emphasis on pranayama, breath, and all of these various practices that tether them to the physical body in one way or another. Or deity worship some kind of idolatry or attachment to something physical with form. Santmat is devoted to the formless God, Narguna Bhakti, the formless supreme being, the God beyond God, the God above God, the true supreme being, beyond the creation, beyond time, and beyond the material plane, and beyond the astral plane and the mental plane beyond, transcending all of these. So souls get used to, attached to all of these things, and then something that's totally advocating the worship of the formless supreme being 
a path like that comes along and they go, I don't know about that. You know, they're so attached. They're so attached to their practices. And, and so Santmat seems very alien to them. Some stranger has appeared in a strange land advocating this path above the ascension of the soul. So the saints come to liberate souls and they talk about three basic key practices for the liberation of the soul. Satsang and the company of saints. There are different levels of satsang, reading the writings of masters, attending a physically attending a satsang by a master. Learning something new, breaking free from the programming, being taught, imbibing the wisdom of the saints. Seva is selfless service, actually pitching in, helping out, becoming part of the satsang. And doing bhajan simran, this is a term for the spiritual practices, the meditation practices of Santmat Simran, the repetition of names of God, Dion, the contemplation of the inner light, including perhaps the radiant form of the master or inner guide, seeing the light within, divine light, inner visions, and bhajan, hearing the sound current, the audible life stream. And these inner lights and sounds serve as markers along the way for the ascension of the soul as it passes through all, all of these different realms with its goal, not just to hear astral sound, but to pass through all of these planes on the way back to the Supreme Being, the Lord of Love, the Lord of the Soul, Radha Swami, Anami, Parush. The nameless God has been given many names. Santmat is the path of the bhakti of the Supreme Being, love and devotion to the Supreme Being. And so the meditation practice represents a transition from here to there, from being captivated by the world of the five senses to focusing at the third eye center, which is the seat of the soul, and ascending back to the highest of heavens within by way of a spiritual meditation practice, a contemplative meditation practice. Satsang in the company of the saints, seva and doing bhajan simran. Baba Ram Singh, when you go to satsang, a lot of the doubts that we carry with us, those are resolved. And a lot of our questions are answered when we go to satsang. We come to know what is true and what is false in satsang. And when we come to know of the truth in the satsang, the association with truth, then we become willing to follow the path for salvation. So when we have attended the satsang, it is important for us to do our meditations every day. And we have to get the attention of the soul at the eye center and clear the nine doors, the outer senses, by these daily practices and come to the tenth door. So when we come to the tenth door, we open our third eye and there we see for ourselves how Kal and Maya 
the lord of time and illusion, are deluding and causing a lot of suffering for the jiva souls. And when we see all of that, automatically our love and affection for this world, that reduces. When one comes to the satsangs, there are so many people who come. If they have been stealing or robbing, uh, they leave that practice or they become vegetarians. They leave eating non-vegetarian food. They stop taking intoxicants or drugs. So all of that transformation comes about when they come to satsang. And they come to know about the reality, about truth, and then they work towards getting their soul freed from the bondage. So these are all the practices we should do. These are the three methods by which saints get salvation for the soul. That is satsang and seva, or selfless service, and the bhajan simran, or meditation. So anyone who does these three gets salvation in this life. So in this yuga, this epoch of time, the masters see that the mind is very dominant. And it is very difficult for the soul to overpower the mind. And therefore, they come to this world to give their satsang. And by the satsang, they convince the jiva to follow this practice. The following is from the Greek Gospel of Thomas found at Oxyrhynchus, Egypt. Let the one seeking not stop seeking until he finds. And when he finds, he will marvel. And marveling, he will reign. And reigning, he will rest. I view this saying as about as being about stages of spiritual progress. First, there is the seeking phase. And then, blessed are those who get to the finding stage. Beyond that, there is marveling. Sometimes also translated as being astonished or caught up in wonder. In the path of mysticism, sometimes being caught up in wonder or being astonished refers to the manifestation of inner light that one sees during their meditations. For the first time, the coming of the light within. And the soul is simply astonished. Another stage is reigning. In the Coptic Gospel of Thomas, it's ruling over the all. I believe that refers to mastering oneself and one's subtle bodies as well as the physical body. The physical body being considered a microcosm of the greater macrocosm of the cosmos. One rules over one's own inner space, masters one's self. 
And the final stage is rest, heavenly repose. A very heavenly word, a very spiritual word in the teachings of the mystics. Spiritual rest, repose, heavenly tranquility. Also Gospel of Thomas, this is saying 59. Seek to behold the living one while you are alive, lest you die and seek to see him and be unable to do so. The Gospel of Thomas, as I've mentioned on past, past programs, past podcasts, has this present tense emphasis upon finding a living teacher and experiencing the divine right now. The Gospel of Thomas is very compatible to the mystic poetry of Kabir. Find God now. During this life, if you want to dwell with the Supreme Being in eternity. This is from the Book of the Odes, the Odes of Solomon, which also uses this term, living one. Whosoever joins the immortal becomes immortal. Whoever delights in the living one becomes living. I have gone to join him, for the lover has found his beloved. The following is from the Padavali of Maharishi Mehi Paramhans, hymn number 131, based on two different, combining together two different translations to come up with something clear, coherent, and eloquent. The path to be pursued by one going to meet the Lord is to be found within the body itself, according to the saints. O oh, loving devotees, get on that path and sprint ahead. Let us go to meet the Lord at once. The saints have already gone along this path fearlessly. This path is through darkness, light, and sound. Darkness, light, and sound are three veils. That path passes through these very veils. This path full of light and sound is found at the tenth door. O devotees, trying wholeheartedly, get hold of it. Strive to get on this path with fullest of zeal. Maharishi Mehi says that the tenth door is most subtle, more subtle than the tip of a hair. The saints entering through that door pursue that path fearlessly. And finally, on today's edition of Spiritual Awakening Radio, the Sant Mat Satsang podcast, titled, Being a Spiritual Survivor in This Land of Illusion, a bhajan, a mystic hymn of Baba Somanath. Oh, mad one, why do you wrangle and debate? His state is beyond comprehension. You cannot understand his greatness with the intellect. He lies beyond the domain of the mind. 
Give up your pride of body and mind. Fix your attention within and contemplate on the void. Repeat the Simran of Nam and behold the radiance of the self-existing light. The celestial sound flows down from Sach Khand. Its unstruck melody is indescribably subtle and fine, is indescribably subtle and fine. The sweet stream of Amrit nectar drenches the soul and captivates the mind. Ahead is the light of the red sun rising. Beholding it, the soul is lost in delight. The darkness of ignorance is dispelled, and lightning flashes across the sky. Here the full moon shines without stain, and the soul passes through the gateway into Par Brahm. Beyond the regions of physical, astral, and causal, the soul merges into bliss. Past the vast expanse of Mahasun, the great void, lies the region of the four hidden islands. Whoever reaches there experiences the reality beyond all imaginings and speculations. The white sun, the whirling cave, the matchless sound of the flute fills the air. With the grace of the Satguru, the blessed soul beholds the glory of Satlok, the true eternal realm. From the true regions of Alak and Agam, the soul is drawn to Anami. This is the true abode of Radhaswami Somanath has merged into the state. Radhaswami Swami.